You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 333 and 334 of Fed by Ravens. It's good to be here. Wow. It's so funny. We had to... We have like 30 days left. I know. We are in December. I mean, we can see the finish line. It's so funny, though. We had to... We're starting to reorganize the podcast on our website to put them in chronological order, and the one that's on the website now is like day 50. So I listened to the very beginning, and it's like, welcome to day 50. We're really doing it. Uh, I can't believe you're still with us. (laughs) And it's so funny when when you're on day 333 to hear yourself say, wow, day 50 is so hard. What a big deal. But that is (laughs) how life goes. Like, you just do something... Little by little, and sooner or later, you look back and you're like, wow, how did we do that? And the answer is, by the grace of God. Day 50 us. They were so naive. <laughs> we were so naive. And, and then don't listen to them again, Matt, because then you'll just want to redo it because there's so much we can't say. We can't say everything. So That's why we're going to do this podcast forever. Forever. <laughs> Pinky swear. Where are we today in the OT? Our Old Testament reading for today is Daniel chapter 4, verse 19 through chapter 6. Daniel in the heart of Babylon has risen to power by interpreting dreams and just being a wise, smart, awesome dude. Yeah. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God that he has his people all over the place. You got someone back in Jerusalem. You got Jeremiah, you got Ezekiel out there in Babylon, and then you got Daniel in the political realm. God has it covered, people. He does. Even when we feel like it is a train wreck, and we're the only ones who believe. Yeah, God has people everywhere. He has his people. So, Daniel then has to interpret another dream, Yeah, so we kind of left off with a cliffhanger. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar just told Daniel his entire dream, and we left off there, but then we start off with Daniel looking at the king in horror and dismay, <laughs> going, uh, oh no. Yeah. Is that really what you dreamt about? Oh. Okay. Well, I would really wish this was about your enemies and not you, and I do realize, like, I don't think he's, like, trying to placate or be political here. I think he actually, over the years has grown to care for sweet Neb. Well, no, yeah, when you read this, you realize that God is over the nations. Mm -hmm. Like, he's wanting the nation's kings Mm -hmm. to rule the earth in justice and mercy under the reign of God. Like, he even allows for, he's not endorsing, but he recognizes they have all these little gods because they don't quite understand and haven't met the, the big God. Right. Not just the God of rain, but the God of the earth. And so... There is a care. You see the care mm-hmm. for these kings and that God has set them up. But he has this horrifying dream, and he does what he knows to do, which is you call the man of God. Mm-hmm. And so Daniel tells him, he's like, okay, this giant tree that you saw flourishing and everything, that gets chopped down, that's you. Yeah. So You're the, the tree. So the part of four, we're in the interpretation, right? Mm-hmm. You are the tree. You are under God. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's a hard message for a king to hear. Yes. Because... You have to remember, 
even today, I think it's not as explicit today that a king or a president of a country thinks that he is God. Mm-hmm. But it's very easy to start feeling like God when you control whole nations. Yes. And the old way of thinking about it was the pharaoh, the king, the emperor was part God. Yes. Okay. So the message then is you are under God and you're going to become like an ox in the field until you know that God rules all the kingdoms of men. This is too Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. You're going to be driven out into the fields, you're going to act like an animal, and but it's going to be like for seven periods of time, they don't give a specific like how long that is, but uh, he's like, but your kingdom will be saved for you. Right. Like, because I feel like normally if that's, that happened, like your king goes mentally ill, Yeah. Uh, it's someone else's kingdom. You're out. You're out. Even if it's for a day. <laughs> So, You're out. <laughs> so, like, again, there's always a message of judgment, but there's salvation, too, mm-hmm. because he says you'll be protected and your stump will grow again, like, from the stump. Yeah, and you'll be restored when you can look up to heaven and admit that God is above you. And God knows something about stumps, because we know from Jeremiah, mm-hmm. there's the branch, the righteous branch will come and forth from the stump. stump of Jesse. Yeah, so, like, Israel has made a mess of it, but mm-hmm. God's going to cause a righteous branch right. to come from that stump. Same with you, Nebuchadnezzar, but you're going to be banished from society, and you're going to have to repent and stop sinning and show mercy to the oppressed. And Well, that's what... No, so Daniel actually says, like, you can avoid this. Yes. He actually says you can avoid it, like, stop your sins, practice righteousness, show mercy, and this can be avoided. You don't have to be driven out. And so he has an entire year right. before this happens. God's wrath can be completely avoided. God's wrath can be completely avoided. We'll stop there because you have to finish the song by saying, God, forgive me. Yeah. And he is unable to. He hears this. And for some reason, it makes him feel better because... Daniel knows the dream, right? That's mm-hmm. the first trick. And right. so he's like impressed with that. And yeah. Like, oh, cool. But apparently didn't have ears to hear what Daniel was saying because a year later, he's forgotten about it. He's yeah. probably hanging out in one of the seven, seven wonders of the, the ancient world, the yeah. Hanging Gardens of Babylon mm-hmm. in this magnificent city that's like two miles by 1.5 miles, mm-hmm. completely safe and secure. And he's like, I'm feeling good. And then all of a sudden... He, yeah, he kind of claims, like, I built this city, right? Like, this yeah. is me. I'm the god of this place. Again, like, you, it's so easy to miss, but God gave him a year after yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like he's not it's pressuring. No. He, so a year later, he's like, um, I, he forgot what all that was about. And then God's like, hey, the kingdom has departed from you until you know that God rules yeah, over God all kingdoms. God speaks kingdom. to him. I know. I, that's what I did not remember ever. God talks to him from, I'm like, whoa! So when God speaks... And then he loses his mind. At Jesus' baptism, and then he speaks to Jesus again, and then he speaks from heaven at the transfiguration, where he says, like, this is my son, listen mm-hmm. to him. That's, like, not the first time that's happened. We shouldn't be no. like, what? Why is God doing that? He's done that, and he did it for Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And he said, the kingdom's gone, bro. Goodbye, you're going to be like an animal. Boom. Yeah. And he's outside the city, <laughs> and he had the first account of feathered hair, Says he looked like it. <laughs> like uh, the seventies brought back feathered hair. If you remember that, yes, Sean Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, who didn't have feathered hair back then? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But his hair grew out, and he's living like an animal. He's basically mentally ill. His mm-hmm. fingernails have grown out. 
and it's seven seasons or whatever it is. Yeah. It's a long enough time for him to realize what's happened. And then you get... This amazing little... It's like the... Is it the third time Nebuchadnezzar has... Praise God, given it a, is. a legitimate call to worship. Mm -hmm. Like, you could use this. If I read this in church and I said, for his domain is an everlasting domain and his kingdom endures from generation to generation and all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth and none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? I bless the most high, right? Mm -hmm. And honor him. He lives forever. You'd be like, wow, that's cool. That sounds like David. No, nope. yeah. it's from... Nebuchadnezzar, Sweet. straight off of insanity. <laughs> it's the Nebuchadnezzar tour, straight off of insanity. He's like, guys, I live like an animal. And they're like, yeah, we, we recognize you were gone for a little bit there. <laughs> um, well, that's kind of the story with Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, and so we kind of, that's like the last thing we hear from Nebuchadnezzar from Daniel's perspective. Oh, there is one more great line. I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Yeah, so it is interesting, like, that's how, in Daniel, we kind of end Nebuchadnezzar, and he kind of ends with, like, recognizing God is the most high God. And, and then if you put together the history of... You go as your king goes. Mm -hmm. If our leaders go into war, we go into war. If right. our leaders, you know. And so God can change the heart of a king. Right. And that'll change the trajectory of a people. Yeah. It's so cool. And that's why it's so cool that Jesus is our king. Mm -hmm. But uh, he praises God. He's humble. So at the end of chapter four, it's like the uh, people of God are in a good place mm -hmm. under a king who understands God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. It's actually better mm -hmm. under the kings of the north or the south back in Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. It's better. They're in a better situation. But what happens to all earthly leaders? They die. They die. And that's where we get to chapter 5. So this is kind of, in my mind, the chronology of it. So the next event as it pertains to kings. And Daniel. So and Daniel. So what I'm kind of seeing right now, because in... A in our next episode, we'll actually yeah. skip back a little bit. But um, what we're seeing is the chapters concerning Daniel and God's provision for godly leadership in uh, exile. In exile. Right. And so Daniel kind of being taken along the ranks for, uh, I think, like 80 years recovering here. Right. Or not 80. Uh, he was like probably 18 or so when he left, so 70. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so he's like 88 or something. Yeah, so we're just seeing this trajectory of God taking care of his people by constantly allowing Daniel to be a person of power mm -hmm. and authority who can defend his people and the name of God. And uh, so... So then we, he goes to the... We skip jump a to, little bit. Is this the son of Nebuchadnezzar? No. Belshazzar? No. So they'll say in chapter 5, you'll read a lot about, mm -hmm. oh, your father Nebuchadnezzar. Um, father is a, a term of successor and yes. like... And recognizing Nebuchadnezzar was the person who made Babylon great. Yes. And so he's considered the father of Babylon. And so Belshazzar was actually not the king of the place. Actually, his dad was the king. And his dad was off fighting a war. Okay. And so Belshazzar was acting regent of, okay. of the nation. So helpful, because if you try to read this on your own <clears throat> with no notes or help, you'll mm -hmm. just go, oh, the next thing that happened was... 
and it's not like that at all. Time had passed. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar had come back. He's died. There'd been another leader. He's mm-hmm. off at war. And so, okay, this so is a young have, punk. This is a young punk. And so he throws a huge party, a great feast for thousands of his lords, and they drink wine in front of thousands. Yes. Huge feast of worship, of sacrilege, like of idolatry. But they are partying so much that they get all the, the things they plundered from the temple. Yes. So they're using the utensils and the cups and all the, the things from the temple of God mm-hmm. to uh, <clears throat> worship idols yep. and to party and get drunk. Mm-hmm. And God interrupts it. Yes. And he writes, he writes something great in the plaster with his finger. So like this finger of God yeah. writing. and So this like uh, ethereal hand appears just floating in the room. In, in front or behind of a lampstand, so it's like well lit, like everyone can see it, and it writes into the plaster uh, this phrase, uh, was it many, oh. many, tekel and yes. parson? But before you even get there, I, I was just noticing, it says um, his, the king's color changed and his thoughts alarmed him. And his it, knees knocked. In no other book, I mean, we're going to see that phrase, like his color changed, he mm-hmm. was sick to his stomach. Like that happens to Nebuchadnezzar, it happens mm-hmm. to Daniel, it happens to Belshazzar. Like a lot of miraculous things are happening in exile yeah. that cause you to go, this isn't normal, I'm scared. Yeah. And, and that alarming like <clears throat> thought and that changing of color is to say, there are things at play that are bigger than you mm-hmm. and beyond your reason. And beyond uh, your thoughts. And so I just like that thought. But you're right. It says, he writes in there, this great phrase. What is it again? Many, many tackled parson. And basically, I had, it's it's basically saying your days are numbered. You're going to be divided. Mm -hmm. Numbered, weighed, and divided. Numbered, wanting. Yes. Like you're found wanting. So like you're not measuring You've been weighed, you've been measured, and you've been found wanting. Right. You've been weighed, you've been measured, and you've been found wanting. That's harsh from anybody. Like, and hey, Matt, everything's going to be given to the Medes and the Persians. That's like, can I talk to you in my Asterisk. office? <laughs> so let's say we're working a job, and I just say to you, oh, I wish I could, I can't remember the phrase. I'm like, hey, Matt, I want to review uh, our agreement for you to work here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How's yeah. it go? Many, many, many tackle Parson. Many, many tackle parson. You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, your days are numbered here, and you've been found wanting. We've weighed you, and you're not actually two pounds. You're like operating at maybe a half pound, and therefore you're going to be divided up and somewhere else. You're fired. So he's completely. <laughs> I, I like that scenario. Wait, did you just fire me? I just fired you. <laughs> okay. The most passive aggressive public firing in the history of the world. You can leave now, Matt. I got this show. I'm in the last 30 days. <laughs> um, so it's all me. So this this writing though gets when it gets put up, uh, he calls all of his enchanters, like of all, all it's the, the people, same story. and they no one understands it. Uh, I think it was written with just the consonants. There were no vowels. Yeah. Well, and, Hebrew probably, and it was in Hebrew, and then so it was Hebrew encoded, and so uh, so great. So none of the Chaldeans are understanding what this phrase is or what it could mean, and then and um, they're drunk. So. Yeah, and then so it says the queen shows up, and they actually suggest the way it's written is it's suggested that it's probably it could be Nebuchadnezzar's wife. That would make sense. Um, and Nebuchadnezzar's wife has to be like, hey, so. 
Nebuchadnezzar dealt with all this stuff as well, and there was a guy, Daniel, who can interpret all things because of the spirit of God is in him. And so Daniel gets called. Daniel gives him the meaning of you've been weighed, you've been measured, you've been found wanting, and all of your kingdom is going to be divided between the Medes and the Persians. And, and then the story is immediately pretty much the Persians come in. The, cow, the, the Persians come in and mm-hmm. take over, and take which over is that unthinkable. Night. Which is unthinkable. That's yeah. like being America and then someone saying, yeah, America's going down mm-hmm. tomorrow. And then tomorrow somehow we get wiped out and lose mm-hmm. power. It's unthinkable. And then what, what's leaving you in the story, because the story continues chronologi- kind of chronologically, a big arc here, but then you're going, oh, because Belshazzar says, Daniel, you're like, here's some robes, mm-hmm. here's some chains, you're going to be high up. And Daniel's like, I don't want it, I don't want it, this yep. is from God, whatever. And he, he puts it on him, he doesn't have a choice. Mm-hmm. But then you're thinking, oh, the Medes and the Persians are going to come in, they're going to kill Daniel because he's one of their leaders now. Right. But no. No, they're God, like... We recognize good authority. Yes, because <laughs> any place that's taking over, and you'll see the Romans doing this, they leave indigenous leadership. Yeah. They leave things kind of recognizable to the people so that you can work with the people. Mm-hmm. And so they leave Daniel there. And in fact, Daniel then, in chapter 6, Daniel is moving up in the rank. It's the same pattern. Like The world is totally predictable yeah. in its quest for power. So when the world sees that a, ba- a, a Judean exile of Babylon is moving up now in the Persian ranks. Mm-hmm. They don't like it. But Darius likes Daniel. Yeah. He recognizes his wisdom and And he's older at this point. Like yeah. what, at this point he's no longer the 18-year-old no. who showed up uh and so fresh off of exile. It's more recognizable to say people don't live long lives back then. Mm-hmm. So like this guy's living a long life. Okay, yeah. so even even if you don't believe in the God, you're like, oh, the God's like this guy. Yeah, so he's like, um, we're pretty sure he's like in his 80s at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they get upset, and they're saying, hey, they tricked Darius. And it just shows you, too, how power is always surrounded by cabinets of people. It's like, yeah, not, yeah. it's not always okay. just like one guy. It's who, who you've surrounded yourself with in your... Yeah. Your think tanks kind of thing. And so all the other leaders are upset that Daniel seems to be getting, having more authority and is in this. So they set up a plan to get rid of him. Yeah. Which is, uh, they trick the king into saying, hey, don't you want everyone to worship you as God? Mm-hmm. King's like, sure. So he puts his seal on it and says, yeah. And then the for rule. For 30 days. It's ru- like for 30 days, no one can worship any God other than Darius. And it makes sense. Because if they've taken over all Babylon... It's a a new kingdom. They're asserting Mm -hmm. their ways over the people, and it begins with... And the assumption by the normal people... You and I are just like bricklayers in Babylon. Mm -hmm. The assumption is, oh, the Persians beat impenetrable Babylon. Therefore, whatever God is with them is greater than our God. So it's not unreasonable to then worship whatever God they... Because we just add it to our list. Yeah. Well, we better worship that God. Mm -hmm. But they did this because they saw Daniel... Knowing he's a Jew or yeah. a Judean, it's different than the Jews. Anyway, that's another conversation. But he's a person of God, and he's praying three times a day yep. towards facing Jerusalem because yep. he's longing for the promised mm-hmm. land. He's longing for the completion of these 70, day, 70 years of exile, and he's not going to stop. Right. And so it was all a setup, mm-hmm. and it was the only way they could see Darius turning on Daniel was like uh, insubord- like blatant insubordination. Mm-hmm. And so they catch him. 
Darius is torn up about it. He, uh, he's also, like all the king figures of the world, that at their core, they're pretty weak. They're all right. like Saul, right? Right. They're, right. Like, they're like, oh, I need to keep my votes. I need to have, um, the polls need to show that I'm in favor. Mm-hmm. So even though I'll go against my own conscience and I'll kill a good dude right. to keep my power, even when he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, surprise. Yeah, so they... So they they make this Not law. They wait around for to watch Daniel pray to his God instead of to Darius, and so then they go tell Darius, "Hey, we caught Daniel," and he's like, "Oh no, not Daniel! Oh, why did I do?" Right. And so they, he made this binding agreement that this is the law, and he can't break it, and so he has to throw Daniel into the lion's den, which is like kind of like a a giant pit that they would keep these lions in that they would use for hunting. And uh, so he, but Darius, before he throws them in, says like, I'm praying that your God will save you. Yes. And deliver you. And then he fasts he, well, and prays all night. So Daniel pray, yeah, it's pretty great. He, he's been praying for all this. He's kneeling before God. And then Darius says, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. He then fasts. It reminded me of uh, mm-hmm. Nineveh. Like, so you're, you're seeing so many worldly kings mm-hmm. act Christian. Like yeah. they're acting like God and yeah. his people. So he's like, oh, Daniel, servant of the living God. Uh, he, he cries out after fasting. He's like, has your God saved you? Yeah, so the next morning, like he fasts all night. He doesn't sleep. Then the, at daybreak, he rushes to the den, opens it up, and cries into the den like, are you alive? Right. Has your God done the thing that only a God could do? And what happened in the meantime is God had sent an angel, just like Shadrach and, and Meshach and Abednego. There's an angel in the lion's den with him mm-hmm. to protect him. So he was totally unharmed because he trusted. He just trusted God and was like, oh, well, this is not a surprising end for me mm-hmm. in exile. But God shows up. And then, um, so I don't know if I represented it correctly, the idea we get here is that the satraps, so the different presidents over all these regions, yeah. were the ones who were really behind trying to kill Daniel. Yes. And so, I don't know, maybe maybe it was worship God. On the leadership team, we all got to worship Darius. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, who knows? But guess what happens? Darius throws all those satraps, yes. their wives, and their children into the lion pit, the lion's den. And maybe they're thinking the lions aren't hungry, something's wrong with the lions, because no. maybe they still don't believe that God has saved uh, mm-hmm. Daniel, but no, before they even like get to the bottom of the pit, their bones are broken and they're torn yeah. up. They're torn apart. Wow. And then <laughs> and then Darius makes another royal decree so great. that the God of Daniel is a living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed. His dominion shall be to the end. He delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions... And so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Lord. And again, the point is, no matter what we're going through, God has his people. He is over all the authorities that might be oppressing you or the authorities you're using to oppress others. God can forgive you. There's no need to be uh, judged by God. There's only salvation. And he's working it out in uh, a myriad of ways. Thank you, Lord, for sending and setting up people like Daniel and showing up for them.
Our New Testament reading for today is 2 Peter chapter 3 and 1 John chapters 1 through chapter 2, verse 11. All right, we just got to do this. Yeah, there's so much here, but let's just, uh, let's just do it. Let's do it, bro. All right, 2 Peter chapter 3. Uh, he is, I'm trying to even remember, he was warning about false prophets yeah. in, the, in our previous episode. And now in chapter 3, he's reminding everyone that the Lord will return. Yes. That he is coming back despite what it looks like, despite the fact that it looks like he's taking his sweet time. It's a different day, same stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's the same as Daniel is who Peter is writing to. Right. Do not neglect the faith. Remember and remain in the understanding of Christ. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be scoffers. There's always going to be nations. There's always going to be false prophets. But now we have Jesus, a new and better covenant. And he came the first time. I realized he came the first time in patience. Mm-hmm. So Jesus comes as an act of patience, mm-hmm. as a baby. and But he's going to come again with the crown, right. setting up the kingdom. So his second coming is going to be more glorious than his first. And he's well, already come the first time. His first coming was on a donkey. And the second time he shows up, we'll be on a war horse. Yeah, that's good, man. So he says, um, you need to make room in your life, like hold on to the word of Christ. Mm -hmm. And then he he deals with the, so uh, speaking of the second coming, he's like, everyone says God's so slow. Where is God now? Mm -hmm. Because this might be, uh, we think it's before AD 70, but it's been... If Jesus came in 03 or something, mm-hmm. his death, who knows, like six, it's been several years and, yeah. and Christ hasn't returned yet. And so the criticism is God's not coming back for you. Right. That's a foolish, Christ isn't coming right. back. And so Peter's saying, yes, he is. Mm-hmm. And remember that uh, the reason he's not back yet is because he is patient and he wants all to be saved. He doesn't want any to perish. Mm-hmm. And if he took 800 years for his chosen people that he gave birth to, he's right. probably going to take a lot more time with the whole world. And that's why he says, one day is as a thousand years, mm-hmm. a thousand years is as one day. God's not on our timetable. Yeah, and he's merciful. The idea yeah. is he is giving as many a chance as possible to enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. So uh, the delay of God's return is urgent for us in the sense of we're waiting for it, we're mm-hmm. praying for it because we know it's going to happen. Right. And so whether you see it or not in your life, it's going to happen. And what's he going to do? He's going to recreate the earth. We get yeah. some verses here about the new creation Yeah. where he's he uses fire mm-hmm. as cleansing. And he's going to cleanse the earth, our borders. He's going to cleanse our leaders. He's going to cleanse us. And um, we're going to be brought into a new creation through repentance right. and faith. Yep. So be at peace in God's patience. Uh, count God's patience as salvation because now is the time to repent. He does drop a little bit like about Paul, which I thought was great. Yeah, it was great. He kind of he ordains Paul's letters as scripture, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing. So an apostle uh, ordains Paul basically as an apostle, but he's an apostle born late because yes. he saw the resurrected mm-hmm. Christ appeared to him on the road to Damascus. And I just like how he says people are um, corrupting Paul's letters because they're hard to understand. Yeah. And so even Peter puts himself in, I'm trying to give you practical things here. Yeah. Paul is giving you the heart of the gospel. He's giving yeah. you grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ, salvation. 
So keep growing in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, yeah. Jesus Christ. Keep growing. And that's how um, Peter ends. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's very good, and it's, it's great good. for us. Okay. Good so to then, hear from Peter. Then Boom. we get into uh, 1 John, and now 1 John, this is the John... This Jesus. is Apostle John, the, the the one who Jesus loved. Right, and so like I know his, like Luther and people like that wrote back in the day, they wished that these letters were right after the Gospel of John. Yeah. That would be really nice, because... John now is an old man, and he's looking at the church as like his kids. Mm-hmm. He's like the old man who's been like, I walked with Jesus. Jesus called me. Mm-hmm. I walked with him. I saw his death. I witnessed his resurrection, and I've seen Pentecost. I've seen the church grow. And now, little children, I'm the elder, and I'm leading my kids to safety. And yeah. remember what he has these great lines about what they've heard and what they've seen and what they've touched because he has. Yes. And he's like, don't forget, and that the lights have been turned on. And um, this is all real. Yeah, yeah. It is just kind of a, a sweet, like, hey, I really did see these things. I really do want you guys to continue. I, I feel like it's almost like he's kind of towards the end. He's yeah. He feels like he's wrapping up. He is. And he's just crying out to the churches that have been established around him and going, Please hold on to this after he, I'm gone. He's doing what you and I <laughs> have started to feel. The older we get and longer we're in ministry, it's like we see the pull of the world and the pull of sinful mm-hmm. desires into isolation and the accusations that become stickier for people who forget and yeah. aren't hanging on to the Lord. And they start pulling away from God and from church and two things they think are life. And as like a father figure, I'm like, I know that girl is great, but she's not worth giving up your whole life mm-hmm. or giving up your salvation. I know that job is great. It seems great, but consider your faith first. Right. Um, I know the things you want. And so he goes, uh, but there's forgiveness. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the I truth know. is not in us. So like even saying you're not sinning, don't play that game. Just roll over. Yeah. Realize Sin is a condition of the heart. Your heart is a stone. Yeah. And God needs to break that stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our all unrighteousness. There's the, I mean, for him, it's a, a practical matter. Yeah, so there's two camps right now that he's kind of speaking against. It's the works righteousness mm-hmm. camp, which is like... Still around today? Yeah, we can, we can eventually get to the point where we're not sinning, and that's what's saving us. And then there's the other camp that's like, oh, we don't have to do any works, and we just have to know about Jesus, and it's just a knowledge thing, and if we have this secret knowledge, we're saved by this secret knowledge, but we don't have to act or do anything. We can still commit all the sin we want. That sounds familiar, too. So what's the right camp? And so he's like right in the middle going, no, 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 no. We need to recognize that we are full of sin and in need of a Savior, and we need to cry out on a daily basis saying, Lord, please forgive me. This is not who I want to be, and it requires a work of your hand to save me from the sin that I'm in constantly. And so that's where I feel like God breaks our heart. We can't just put good mm-hmm. works on top of our stony hearts. No. So he breaks our heart. And we confess that we are full of sin, even when we're trying really hard. Mm -hmm. But that's when he can create forgiveness. And from that forgiveness and Christ's blood, we can start to be ordained with good works. Right. So it is a life of activity. 
and uh, of faith and trust. Yeah, so in the in this first part, it's definitely about the works righteousness people, and then he gets into chapter two, which is uh, talking about like whoever says I know him but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in yeah. him. So like again, it's the oh I can just know about Jesus, I know about Jesus, I'm good, and and then keep living like you don't know Jesus. Yeah, he says, if you, if you, uh, whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Right, because it always comes down to the law is still in effect, and the law boils down to love God and love your neighbor. Right. And if you can't even love your neighbor, and if you're just, if there's only judgment and hate for the people around you, then you should be in a scary place. And, and You so should be not if, secure in your If you're like me... You start to read this and go, oh, no, I don't know if I'm loving. I don't know if I'm good. Right. But he uses the language of light and darkness. I right. love that because do you get mad at yourself when mm-hmm. the lights are off and you're stumbling through uh, a house? You don't get mad at yourself. You're mm-hmm. like, I just need the lights on. Yeah. And so that's what he's saying. He's like, the light has come. Turn the lights on. Mm-hmm. Just flip the switch. Confess your sins. Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. And then he will create the love for mm-hmm. God and the love for your brothers, and you'll see it. You'll see it. Why? Mm-hmm. Because he is the light of the world, and you're my little kids, and I love you. So don't hate your brother. Don't hate God. Ask him to turn the lights on. Thanks, John. Our psalm today is Psalm 135, verses 13 through 21. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages. For the Lord will vindicate his people and have compassion on his servants. The idols of the nations are silver and gold, the work of human hands. They have mouths but do not speak. They have eyes but do not see. They have ears but do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. Those who make them become like them. So do all who trust in them. O house of Israel, bless the Lord. O house of Aaron, bless the Lord. O house of Levi, bless the Lord. You who fear the Lord, bless the Lord. Blessed be the Lord from Zion, he who dwells in Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Boom. You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.